This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. All right. Because we have to in the NBA, and I see Yankee phone calls are lining up already. Stay there. We'll get to you once this game goes final. I, look, I, I think people get this wrong when they say this 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 league is the most fun, the most entertaining during the offseason because of all the player movement. I still contend, you know, you can't supplement actual games being played. The most fun I have is is watching the playoffs, watching the finals because of what it means legacy-wise. Like what we just saw with Jokic becoming the 11th player in NBA history to win, you know, two MVPs and a finals MVP with a championship and what it meant for him and, you know, how, how he had been maligned in the past because his teams had never done anything in the playoffs. So I still think regular games take precedent over what happens in July, but it's still a fun time. And I think every league envisions an ideal situation where you can have a 24-7 news cycle uh, which is one of the reasons why this league has become so popular. It's, it's a lot of juicy storylines. You're hurt in the update. The Dame Lillard trade talks have stalled a bit because it looked like Miami was the front runner. This was the team that he had told Portland uh, he wanted to go to, but it doesn't seem like that the the Blazers are all that interested in, in what Miami has to offer right now. So it's going to open the door for, as T- Tim Bonsteps just said in the update, maybe another team swooping in. Could that be the Brooklyn Nets? Uh, I don't know that they necessarily had the blue chippers the Blazers are looking for. They have the draft capital, but they don't have the young pieces. Are you intrigued by Spencer Dinwiddie and, you know, Cam Thomas? You would love to get off the Ben Simmons contract. I don't know if Portland's interested in that. Everything that we had heard leading up to uh, today was that if the Nets were involved, it would be as a third team to facilitate Tyler Hero uh, coming here. But who knows? Could could they possibly be in on the Dame Lillard sweepstakes? So I, I, I'm intrigued. I'm fascinated by that. I would love to see Dame come to Brooklyn so he could get the city popping again. A little Knicks-Nets rivalry that never actually came to fruition. The Nets just kept kicking the Knicks butt. Uh, with with Durant and Irving, whether they were in the lineup or out of the lineup, and now you ship them out of time, uh, out of town, and the Nets became irrelevant again. But if you could get Dame here, that would be a, a a load of fun. Speaking of the Knicks, was listening to my guy Alan Hahn. I believe this was on Monday when he said that the Paul George trade talks between the Knicks and the Clippers had stalled because. Clippers were asking for too much. The price was was a little bit too much. And uh, if you go back to last week, I talked about this. I was one who would endorse a Paul George trade to the Knicks. And I get the trepidation. The injury history, he plays 47 47 games a year the last three seasons. And this year, he went out with a knee injury. Couldn't play in that first-round series for the Clippers. They bowed out in five to the Suns. So, you know, him being an aging player, and once he opts out of this next contract, is going to command $200 plus million. Doesn't sound like a recipe for, you know, long term success. But I, I was just looking at one of the best two way players in the game who gave you 24, 6, and 5 last year, underrated shooter. 
about 37% from three-point range. So the Knicks being able to utilize a guy like that who is excellent defensively and when he's healthy still can be a top-tier scorer and adding him to a mix that includes Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle, I felt would elevate your ceiling, but it looks like that's not going to happen just because the, the price is too high. But, you know, even as someone who was on the board with this move, I say you fret not. Because at least you still maintain your your capital and your flexibility going forward. And as I talked about when I was filling in on the case show yesterday, it was, you know, it, it becomes exhausting listening to this. But every year we're going to do the whole Joel Embiid, Giannis, Luca, Devin Booker, which superstar becomes disgruntled in their current situation that facilitates the Knicks inserting the assets that they have to bring them here to New York so that they could finally contend for a championship. Quick update. Yankees just lost at home to the Baltimore Orioles. 6-3 to three was the final score. And that nixes what was a three-game win streak for the Bombers. Uh, so the Yankees fall. Actually, it was two games. They, they lost that final game in, in St. Louis. So they, they take the first two games of this series in Baltimore and they drop game three. They will play... Game four tomorrow. This, to me, I don't want to be too greedy. It would be very disappointing to win the first two games and, and then drop the next two. You're in serious position to win the series, and there is a, a, a stark contrast between winning the series, especially because Baltimore is ahead of you in the standings, and it's never too early to look at what's going on atop the standings. So tomorrow, that's an important game. You want to win the series. You don't want to win the first two, be on that high, and then come out of here with a split. Before the series, yes, I would say you'd sign up for a 2-2 split. Once you take the first two games, it feels a little bit disappointing. So if you're leaving the stadium, you want to hit us up, or you just finished watching the game, 800-919-3776, we will move to that. Uh, back to the Knicks. Uh, uh, reason why I'm not disappointed, just because... You maintain your flexibility going forward. You hear about superstars wanting to ask out. I know Nick fans get tired of it. It's so exhausting. Why can't we just draft a superstar? Why can't we just be the one that you know can can get a guy in the second round or a late first round pick who blossoms and becomes a star? So I understand the frustration, but right now you gotta exude a level of patience that is commendable because you've been waiting, waiting, waiting for a long time. And you're going to have to keep waiting because it looks like you know, signing or re-signing, I should say, Josh Hart, who opts into his contract, and signing Dante DiVincenzo, that's going to be the total package of your offseason moves. You get better. I love the DiVincenzo move. He is a, a an excellent 3-and-D 3 and D wing who I think is going to excel in this offense and might be part of your crunch time lineup because he's someone who's not afraid of the big moment, can hit big shots, and he's a switchable wing who can guard pick-and-roll situations. So I, 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 the, the off-season moves I, I, is, you know, are some that I, I enjoy. I, I, I like them, and I don't think that because you didn't make that significant upgrade, you should feel down about it. I understand that you start to lose some patience, but... Uh, ultimately, it comes down to whether this front office, led by Leon Rose, who comes in with cachet as a former agent, can land that big star going forward. So we'll we'll see what the, what happens. I I was listening to Gordon's show, and a caller brought up. I just find it so funny. Like, 
one of the worst slash best things that ever happened was the trade machine, and you could do it for every sport, but particularly in the NBA, all you have to do really is make sure the salary works, and it'll say, well, accept this trade. Caller says, you know, why don't the Knicks offer R.J. Barrett for Mikel Bridges? The Nets and Sean Marks would hang up on you so fast you wouldn't even know what hit you. R.J. Barrett for Mikel Bridges? Laughable. Laughable. Mikel is a guy that they really want to hold on to. Outside of dealing him for a superstar, this is a guy you want to keep as one of the building blocks of what you are now going through with this rebuild now that you've dealt Durant, Irvin, and Harden away. Uh, But I I just found that funny, and I wanted to bring it up. 800-919-3776. We're taking your calls. Yankees, once again, sucks, but they they blow a lead. They were up 2-0 on the Orioles and fell 6-3 in the Bronx. It's a really good Orioles team, so you can't hang your head too much. But when you get the start from Randy Vasquez, the youngster, who in AAA had struggled, they call him up. He's actually pitched pretty well, gave you five innings of shutout baseball, and you turn it over to a tremendous bullpen, and they blow the game when you're chasing a team that's that's ahead of you. And if you've got a, a stranglehold on them uh, with the strength of your squad being your bullpen and you blow the game, it's a tough pill to swallow. So we'll take the calls for the Yankee fans. 800-919-3776. Ty Butler going until midnight tonight. We're going to have a good time talking basketball, get into a little football as well as we get closer and closer to meaningful football. Not, you know, sweat or shorts and, and, and T-shirts, tossing a football around, mini camp preseason I I can't deal with. We're actually going to get meaningful football soon, and I can't wait for it. So we'll talk about it right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, Let's go to New Haven. Simon's batting leadoff, and I have a really good feeling he wants to complain about Aaron Boone, so let me hear it. Yes, I do want to complain about him. I mean, first of all, what is he doing putting Rizzo in the leadoff spot? I mean, really? He's not hitting a lick. I mean, you have Volpe and you have Bader who are hitting the ball. I mean, Bader wasn't in the lineup tonight. Bader wasn't in the lineup tonight. I know he should. He should have pinched. He should have pinched him for Kainafalefa. I mean, come on. He finds a way to lose, Boone. He finds a way. He's got to go. I mean, (laughs) how plainer could I say it? Uh, Listen, Simon, uh, you you just have like this. This fascination with complaining about managers. That's what you do. You, you you were ready for Girardi to get fired, couldn't stand him, and now you're just out on Boone. Because he doesn't know how to manage. He doesn't know how to manage. Well, listen, the Yankees, I appreciate the call. The Yankees have, have made the playoffs in every year that he's been the manager, and he's been to the championship series twice. 2019 and then last year. So the the idea that he doesn't know how to manage, to me, is foolish. If you want to say that he leaves some to be desired, I'm, I'm not a big Aaron Boone defender, but when you come on here with that nonsense that he doesn't know how to manage and, and he lost him this game, look, what what could he have done differently? He turned the game over to the strength of his team. The Yankees had a 2 nothing lead, certainly not insurmountable. But through five innings, Vasquez had pitched well. Boone goes to the bullpen. The strength, you could argue the, the, the biggest asset they have, the best aspect of this team is their bullpen. 
He turns it over to the pin. They blew the lead. That's not an Aaron Boone issue. It's just that the best bullpen in baseball had an off night. And that's all there is to it uh, to me. Let's go to Massachusetts. We talked to Robbie. What up, Robbie? Ty, my, my brain, my head's going to explode. And I, I want to add to why I can't stand Aaron Boone. Uh-oh. I absolutely can't stomach him. First of all, why isn't Harrison Bader in this game? Why is he playing center field? Oh, he's got to sit tonight. Why is he sitting his one best first? Second of all, the guy's pitching five shot at him. Why must you bring the bullpen in? Baseball makes no sense at all whatsoever. The guy's pitching well. Why can't you just let him pitch? That's number two. Three, where is Wandy Peralta in the ninth inning or one run game? He brings in the back end of the bullpen in Hamilton. How does that make any sense? That's three. Four, what the hell is, is Jake Bowers cannot play left field? I'm sorry. So why is Jake Bowers playing left field? I mean, it just makes no sense. And then he's got LeMay in there who stinks, and Bader's not playing. What? And Rizzo bats first? What? And Volpe, who's the hottest hitter on the team, bats eight. How does this, who the hell makes these stupid batting orders and these stupid lineups? Please explain to me, what? why can't this idiot make a traditional, at least Buck, I'll give Buck credit, at least Buck puts a traditional lineup together where Alonso's hitting fourth, and the Rizzo hitting first makes no sense. He's in a slump. He has no speed. He doesn't steal bases. It makes no sense. Why? I mean, the fact that I said to you before about Aaron Boone, the Yankees will never win a championship with this dingling, okay? <laughs> this dingling puts the back end of the bullpen with a one-run oh, man. game. It, it, right. it, like, I'm so sick of this guy. Listen, I, I really am. Robbie, I, listen. Thank you. Love the passion. <laughs> bringing it and bringing it on. I mean, Ty, I can't take the guy anymore. He'll, he'll come and go, oh, we got a couple of good at bats. I mean, Donaldson actually gets off the shot and gets a home run today. But, Ty, seriously, why is DJ LeMayu playing and Harris? Why is Harrison Bader not playing? He should be playing every day in center field. It's, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And you got the speed guys. Well, listen, Robbie, 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 Robbie. So yeah. Harrison Bader, I, I appreciate the call, the passion, yeah, the whole night. Harrison Bader got hit on the wrist last night. So I think the Yankees were just trying to rest him. And he had that two-run double. So, you know, clearly he could have played. Uh, but who knows what happened overnight with soreness, and he just wasn't ready to go today. Uh, so I can't kill him for the Harrison Bader thing. I do find it curious, batting Anthony Rizzo um, leading off for all the reasons you mentioned, he— in no way is he a prototypical leadoff hitter. He doesn't have speed. He he isn't someone who has a high on-base percentage, and he certainly has struggled. I believe it's been, what, 30 games since he hit a home run? And when you get him at the top of the lineup continuing to struggle, it just sets the wrong tone for your offense. Now, the offense the last couple of days actually performed well, so it's hard for me to come on here and crush them. Just because, you know, every chance or every opportunity they get without judge and they put together, you know, six runs the night before and then eight, eight runs yesterday, uh, I, I can't kill them for that. But when one, two, three in your order, Rizzo, Torres, and Stanton go uh, combine 0 for 12 with five strikeouts, hard to win baseball games that way. Hard to win that way. And there's certainly a case to move Volpe up in the lineup because he has – actually been on a tear lately. He's been one of the hottest hitters on this team. So I do get that. But uh, it, where else are you turning? You know, DJ has struggled. Rizzo has struggled. You know, Stanton seems to be turning it around, but tonight he 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 didn't have anything going. Torres actually has been one of their best offensive players this year. He was hitless. 
So, look, I, I get every time the Yankees lose a game, the knee-jerk reaction is to blame Boone. And I, I've certainly been there at times this season because of certain decisions he's made. And I can't, for the life of me, understand this new era of baseball where we're just resting guys left and right. The Bader one, he got hit in the wrist yesterday. So I I can understand that. But as far as what happened in this game, the bullpen stunk it up. The bullpen stunk it up. They had a lead, turned it over to the strength of the team, and they couldn't get it done. Is that a boon issue? I don't believe so. You bring up Ian Hamilton. I mean, he's pitching to a two ERA this year. That's that's the strength of the team. So I can't crush Boone for this for for this loss. And he's talking to the media right now, so we'll hear from him uh, at, at some point during the show. But it, it's just hard for me after this game. And people who listen to me, I'm not a Yankee homer. I'm a diehard Yankee fan. You're not getting any homerism from me. I crush Boone. I crush Casper. I crush Steinbrenner. But as far as this game, just the individual, this game just living on its own, I don't think you can put that on Boone. Let's go to Flush It and talk to Manny. What up, Manny? What's up? What's up, What's up man? How you doing? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. What's going on? Good, yeah. Listen, man. I, I Listen, I want to go – I mean, before I get to the Knicks, man, I, I, that last caller, man, he was he got so far above the Yankees. And – and I also want to ask you this. What are your thoughts of that player who got suspended uh, from the Yankees who got suspended? Oh, Cordero. Yeah, we're going to get into him a little bit later because I, 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 I've i yeah. got some strong takes on that. But, yes, yeah, I, I will I will yeah, get yeah, to I that a little bit later. Yeah, I was shocked as hell when I heard about that. But I want to go to the next part. Listen, look, um, look, I, I don't really have a problem of them not getting Paul George. But I think the I think it's also really curious. Like Any time with the Knicks, don't get a quote a star or or a superstar per se. Whether it was the offseason, nothing. You still gonna have fans who criticize. Oh, Nick are good or Nick. They still can't get it right, even despite the fact, you know, you can say the Knicks, regardless of what direction Knicks are in. I mean, look at this. The last two, the last three years, they made the playoffs twice and won a playoff series. I think, yeah, we need at least not just one piece, but a couple pieces to get us over the hump. But I don't know about this offseason because this free agent class is not like the quote unquote like the big like the big boys like you know, like like he was. Yeah, in like there's no standout star who you come before. away from this free agency period feeling like you missed out on. Yeah, exactly. And look, I can't say I'm not surprised, but but I'm but you got I mean I mean because I, I was on social media yesterday on, on Instagram. And on, on Twitter, and and I and I and I was on um there was a there's a an Instagram a whole, um account I forgot I don't want I don't want to mention his name but he said f f this team when when he when he found out that Paul George is not coming to the Knicks yeah so I I, I I don't think I I don't think that and I appreciate the call Manny I don't think that that's the type of non move made that should trigger that level of vitriol or that passionate of a response. The Knicks over the years, certainly over, over my lifetime, have given you a million reasons to be critical of them. I cannot crush them after what we've seen this offseason. There hasn't been that one star that became available, whether it's via free agency or a trade, 
that you feel like you had to have them, and if you don't get them, it is an indictment of the organization. And to their credit, that could have been on the table, right? Because we're watching Dame Lillard. Like, he asked out, and now he he is on the market. But because of how excellent they were last offseason when they got Jalen Brunson and what's looking like a steal right now, uh, given the, the, the contract, because you got him and he morphed into one of the top 25, top 30 players in basketball, still young, continuing to ascend, who you feel great about having you know a, the organization in his hands. Because of that, you no longer feel like you need Dame Lillard on this team. Because in the past, remove Brunson from the equation, Dame becomes available. We're, we're taking calls all, all throughout the day. How did the Knicks get Dame Lillard? How did they get them? So now you're in a situation where you don't necessarily need him. And I understand there, there's there been like some talk about, well, maybe you can still get him. I don't think the fit makes sense, having two small guards in your backcourt. And Dame can, he's not your, your prototypical floor general. Uh, he's one of the best scorers in basketball at that guard spot, but it just feels a little redundant putting him and Jalen in the backcourt and, and exposes you to, uh, tremendously on defense. I, I just don't think that you can feel that strongly about Paul George, and I told you I, I would have endorsed a Paul George trade just because of the two-way uh, the, the, the two-way strength that he brings to the team, being able to be an excellent on-ball defender and someone who can create his own shot and an underrated shooter. But after what's happened, signing Dante DiVincenzo and getting Josh Hart uh, back to the team, I, I can't crush him. You, you maintain your flexibility going forward, and now you see what happens when that next star becomes available. And you just got to root for uh, something to go wrong with the Bucks. You got to root for uh, the Sixers to fall flat on their face next year. You got to root for an implosion in Phoenix with that experiment that they're running with Booker, Durant, and and Bradley Beal. You got to root for the next superstar to become disgruntled, and it is an exhausting episode. Uh, is an exhausting exercise that you feel you go through every single single year. But right now, and what I can criticize the front office is for is how poorly you've drafted in the lottery because you set yourself up that way where you missed on three lottery picks in the last six years. You now have to hope that you can strike when the iron's hot when that next star becomes available. 800-919-3776. We'll get to your phone calls coming up. Yankees lose in the Bronx 6-3 to at the hands of the Orioles. And fans are not happy right now. So we'll continue to take your calls on that and the Knicks as well. Ty Butler going until midnight in for Larry and Gordon right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. All of baseball, it blows games. You're not going to have a bullpen constructed of multiple arms and just never blow games. It happens across the sport. I, I'm sorry. They, there are a lot of things to be critical of when it comes to this team. And I, I, I've i listed them in the past. The one thing you cannot criticize is the damn bullpen that has the best ERA in all of the sport. They're going to blow games. It happens. It happens. 
it's just it's so frustrating to me that like this is the type of reaction we get every single night and look there are there are times where I'm disappointed where I get frustrated and with the manager he at times as I mentioned leaves a lot to be desired where I come on here and I excoriate him but the caller who brought up Harrison and Bader resting uh, dude I watched him get hit on his wrist yesterday so uh, like I can't fault the team for wanting to be cautious with a guy who's been prone to injury. And I get that there's no correlation between the wrist and the lower extremities. But this guy's been on the IL twice this year. Came here in a walking boot. He gets hit on the wrist. I, I understand wanting to give him a breather. Now, if Boone had come out and said, I just felt like it was time to give him a blow, not injury-related, I would come on him and crush him. I will come on here and crush him because I, for the life of me, don't understand the the resting, all the resting that happened. Especially we got the all-star break coming up next week. But he got hit on the wrist yesterday. It, it is a product of circumstance because the team struggles to score runs. And Bader has actually been one of their best run producers. So it sucks not having him out there. But I've got to look at... The stars of the team. It's easy to blame Boone every night. But when Rizzo, Torres, and Stanton, three guys who you depend on to not just when judges hurt carry their load, even when judges healthy, you want these guys to hold their weight. They went 0 of 12 today with five strikeouts. 0 of 12, five strikeouts. That's one through three in the order. And you want to sit here and crush Boone. I'm sorry, can't do it. 800-919-3776. We had to Connecticut, and we talked to Tommy. Hello, Tommy. Hi, Good evening. How are you? Good evening, man. What's going on? So I would have, I, I had to go downstairs and get myself a, a new beverage. I would have loved to watch the rest of Boone's presser, but uh, those first two callers, like, they had my blood boiling. This idiot complaining about Bader not playing. It's like, did he not get, did he not, like, does he not watch the games? He yeah. got hit in the wrist. If you're going to give the guy a day off, uh, yeah, I think that's probably when you want to do it. And then complaining about going to the bullpen. It's, we have the best bullpen in the major leagues. It's a, it's a literally a weapon. So you have a triple-A pitcher who gets called up, gives you five innings of three-hit, zero-run ball, 75 pitches. Oh, uh, yeah, it's probably time to get him out of there. Nick Ramirez didn't have it tonight. You know, he just didn't. Ian, you know, Ian Hamilton gave up the late home run. How could you kill Boone for any of that? I don't get it. Any of that. I, I, it, some of these callers, I mean, they're just as bad as the Knicks fans who think we can trade, like, Jericho Sims and Evan Fournier for Giannis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't it drive you nuts sometimes? Ty? Oh, my God. I love it. I appreciate the call time. It's so funny. It, I, I told you, you fire up that NBA trade machine. It is given... It has given just responsibilities to the wrong people, too much power and authority to those who think that just because you match salary and, and the, the machine tells you that it works, that it's a good trade. But, yeah, take our scrubs who we don't want on the floor for the best player in basketball. I think that's a good trade for both sides. Yeah, but I, I want to continue to reiterate. I have I have often been critical of Aaron Boone. But when I hear someone call and say he he – he doesn't know how to manage. He continues to lose them games. Like, that's when you, you go too far in the other direction. 
there is definitely room to criticize him. But, I mean, you're off your rocker. When Randy Vasquez comes up and he gives you five innings of shutout baseball as a triple A, he was in the trip, he was in triple A to begin the year. He's come up and has performed admirably for the Yankees. Five innings, can't ask for much more than that. 75 pitches. That first inning was a rough go. And maybe if he doesn't struggle as much as he did in the first inning, you know, throwing a lot of pitches, maybe he can go longer. But if before the game I said Randy Vasquez is going to give you five innings of shutout baseball, would you sign up for that? Absolutely. Turn it over to the best bullpen in baseball, you would check that off as a win. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. We go to L.A. Talk to Jonathan. What's up, Jonathan? Yo, what's good, TD? Yo, talk to me. What it do? Oh man, hey man, this uh, these fans are these fans are crazy, man. It all started with the Aaron Hicks win with Aaron Hicks. Just like Michael was saying earlier, man. What do they win by that? Even like like booing Josh Donaldson. I mean, these guys they want to perform good. I understand if you want to boo a, uh, a a Joey Gallo. I mean, coming back with Minnesota, but come on, man, Aaron Hicks. He had really good home runs. He had really great hits. I remember versus the Astros in the playoff or coming back uh, in the regular season. He had really good hits, man. And I know it wasn't his decision to completely go on that ugly slump. I, I don't agree. It was pretty embarrassing. I'm a big Yankee fan. It was embarrassing what happened when they just booed him. That, that uh, That's pretty out of control. And um, another thing, it's not Aaron Booth's fault. They, they got to relax. We're going to get healthy. I still have hope. We're going we're gonna to come back. We're going to come back strong. Now, really quick, TD, who do you think we should target come trade deadline? Uh, I appreciate Yeah, I appreciate the call, Jonathan. I, I think the Yankees at, at some point need to address the left field situation. Jake Bowers had a ball that should have been caught out there earlier today that led to uh, multiple runs that, that gave the Orioles the lead. And coming into the season, didn't have a left fielder. I think that's an area that needs to be addressed. You might have to actually actually go out there and get another pitcher. Severino's been a disaster. Nestor Cortez, I don't know what to expect from him after a career-high workload last year led to shoulder injuries this time around. And Rodon's going to come back on Friday, but the injuries, like, are those just going to disappear? I feel great about Cole. But, I mean, where else are you looking in this rotation? And you say you, you, you... you feel good about going forward. Herman is up and down, so I think you got to get another arm for the rotation, and you absolutely have to address left field. But that's all contingent upon what happens with Aaron Judge. If Judge comes back, then yes, that that gives you a puncher's chance to contend for a championship. If if the worst case scenario happens, the clock strikes midnight, and he's done for the season. It makes no sense to go out there and be a buyer at, at, at the trade deadline because you're going nowhere without Judge. Might sneak into the playoffs, but there is no path to winning a World Series that does not include you having the reigning American League MVP in your lineup. To go back to what you said to start your call, though, I, I, I disagree with the idea that you know Yankee fans were too overboard in booing Aaron Hicks. You're a fan. <laughs> that, that's, that's what comes with the territory of being a fan. You cheer for players when they do well, and when they stink, you boo them. And the Yankee fans, the last couple of days, <clears throat> excuse me, have let Aaron Hicks have it because they were disgusted with the production or lack of production they got from him throughout his tenure. And it's not like he was making a ton of money, but the seven-year contract that he got 
and you felt like there was a, a ceiling that if he could reach it, he could be a tremendous player. And we saw flashes at time, both defensively and at the plate as a switch hitter. You know how valuable that is in a lineup. But he just didn't live up to expectations. And he was someone who carried it with him to the field. And there were some plays that happened last year where he just, like, dropped balls that he should have gotten to. It looks like he wasn't trying hard enough. So the Yankee fans let him have it. I, I have no issue with that. You come into the stadium as a road player who wore the opposing uniform, and Yankee fans have a chance to voice what they've been feeling for a while, so they, they let him have it. I have no no issue with that at all. No issue whatsoever. It's what fans do, and if fans aren't allowed to boo opposing players, then what? Well, why do we have them in the stadium? We go to Manhattan to talk to Stephen. What's up, Stephen? Yes, um, uh, I, I don't care if the Knicks passed up on Paul George. Maybe his contract's too big. They need a good backup power forward. They're going to be undersized if they don't get a power forward to replace uh, Toppin. They're going to be undersized. They're going to lose the rebounding. Yeah, they, that's something they have to go out there and address. Uh, any, any other point you want to make before I let you go? I'll, I'll, I'll hit on that. Anything else you wanted to say? Yeah, they should have tried to get Grant Williams. I, I was that's, that's funny you say. I was gonna I was gonna mention that. And I appreciate the call. So the report was that they were in they were in on Grant Williams. Uh, someone from the Athletic. I wish I could remember his name reported earlier that the Knicks were in the mix for Grant Williams, who was a restricted free agent with the Celtics. But he ends up going in a deal to Dallas, and he gets his contract with the Mavericks. The the Celtics uh, get second-round picks in exchange for him. Reggie Bullock was involved in a a three-team trade, too. It was San Antonio, it was the Celtics, and it was the Mavericks uh, that were involved in that trade. So... Grant Williams was a guy who would have been a really good fit for this team, can stretch the floor. He's got some muscle, some size, some strength down there in the interior, and he was valuable not so much this season. Last year for the Celtics, he was really good, but uh, he, he goes to the Mavericks. So I mean, so they were in on him. It's just, you know, it just didn't happen. 800-919-3776. We'll get back to your phone calls when we return. Also coming up in the 11 o'clock hour. I've got a Shohei Otani take that I think might be unfair, so I'm going to use you guys to gauge it. But it's something that I went to bed last night thinking about, and I'm like, I, I want to come on the air and, and talk about it just to see, where do you, am I off my rocker? So we'll do that in the 11 o'clock hour coming out. Ty Butler in for Larry and Gordon right here on 98.7 ESPN.